Welcome to our winter fest. So, the year is winding down to its logical conclusion in cold and darkness. This is how it has always been since the seasons were born. This is how it will always be for long years after we are gone. Families of blood, families of intention, have gathered, will gather, to shelter in warmth, to feast before frozen winter's imposed frugality. So feast we have, and feast we will, and celebrate. Celebrate! Celebrate the end, the beginning, and all the beauty that walks in between. Our celebration is a gift of remembrance to the past. Our celebration is a gift, a legacy to the future. As we come to understand through all the changing years that the end and the beginning are the same. The year dies and is reborn in one moment of cold, starry night. Come, come, whoever you are. Whatever your gender, whatever your age. Whatever your beliefs, whatever your skin color. Whatever your gifts, whomever you love. You are welcome here this morning. All All are are welcome welcome at at the the table. table. With our family of intention, we light a candle and welcome the wonder that is winter. Let us together light the heartwarming flame of our chalice, using the words written in your order of service and on your heart. In the light of truth and in the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to sustain, and to share. As the chalice is lit, I'm going to invite us to sing the opening song, which is, I know this rose will open its end. The uh, grading will number... 396. And we're going to stay seated, but we will um, sing it all together, and then Laurel will leave this side of the room, and I'll leave this side, and we'll have a beautiful time. Shall we all sing? I know this rose will abound. Thank you. 
Take a deep breath. Have a seat. We'd like to welcome guests this morning, and I'm wondering if there's anybody who's a member of another Trinitarian Universal congregation. Would you let us know by standing and waving and giving us a chance to welcome you? Ah, first time in a long time. You could pretend. If you're a person who's from away, I bet it's there. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. How about if somebody is a, a visitor this morning, a guest of ours, not a member of this congregation, but with us for the morning, could you please stand up and let us say welcome? Yes. So glad. So glad. Stay standing for a second because the ushers are going to come and give you something to take with you, a complimentary pen, and also a thing by which to identify yourself. We only have one usher doing the running around. Oh, and we have people all over the place. Here we go. There's, a no, there's something open somewhere. All right, I'm going to give you a chance to say a warm welcome to one another. Please, in a respectful and beautiful way, pass the peace or somehow invite one another to be present fully with love. We light the candles later in the service. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not those, though, right? Yes. Oh, those two? Yeah we, yeah, we started. Oh. It's okay, it's fine. <laughs> Because there's a lot of mics up. You got the kids. No, I know. I know, but there's all. So all of these are open right now. We want them all closed except for the person who's speaking. Everything should be there. You shouldn't have photos. They're not there. So the bottom layers are. Those should be locked. Okay. I'm sorry. We we had a perfect rehearsal yesterday, and uh, we really should do this like a professional place. which is only turn on the people who are speaking. So we stand it over there. So I know this road. Yeah. I know this road will open. I know my fear will burn away. I know my soul unfurl its wings I know this rose with choir lead that side I know I know this rose with I know my fear will burn away I know my soul will unfurl its wings I Big breath, little smile. I want to see cheeks up. Breathe in, breathe out, and have a seat.
how can anyone love winter? Winter raises our heating bills, makes the sidewalks and roads slippery, and adds rain, snow, and slush. It threatens the health of homeless people and has children going to school and coming home from school in the dark. How can anyone love winter? Please join us in singing verses one and three of the song 241 in the Gray Hymnal, titled In the Bleak Midwinter. Winter is a time of magic, too. See, snow in Maryland is no big thing, unless you've never seen snow. Say you're from Eritrea, Ethiopia, then snow is a big deal. That's the way it was when I worked at Raleigh Shear. Now, it was Eight in the morning, the first snowstorm of the year. Joff Conway, the shift supervisor, announced the fact with a hurled snowball right in Lily's back. Lily was the Vietnamese blueprint operator. She stopped running the prints and went outside and brought back her own snow projectile. It landed on Joff's neck. Then all joy broke loose. Everyone went outside to goof off in the snow. The Ethiopian and Eritrean blueprint operators 
who would argue politics all day long stood side by side with the Egyptian delivery driver and me, the Jewish delivery driver, looking up at all that heavenly dandruff. It was just cascading right to the ground in beautiful swirls. I said, you know that no two snowflakes are exactly alike? Joff said, is that right, Bunky? You don't say. The way he said it, did not sound like sarcasm, but it sounded more like a statement of wonder. And yes, even amazement. Millions of different snowflakes, huh? Oh, the snowflakes are different. And he thinks that's something neat. You know what it's like to make all those different snowflakes? None of them. Millions. Billions and millions of them. And they're all different. But that's okay. It's worth it. Because I know what trouble they cause you. <laughs> I know. They're going to make your cars slip. And they're going to make you're going to make you cold and freezing. But maybe they're snow days. Does anyone want a snow day? Anyone want a snow day? Well, maybe you'll get one and maybe you won't. And if it snows, are you going to help your mother or your father or your spouse shovel the walks? Are you going to get out there and do that? That's part of winter, too, helping. But now, I don't know, I'm looking forward to this, to, to causing all sorts of mischief, to causing shivering and slipping and sliding and dead batteries. It's so much fun for winter to do all these things to you humans. So, what's this? Uh, but are you kids? Do you kids like winter? Do you kids like having to get all dressed up in warm clothes? Huh? No, Mr. Winter. We like winter time. We can play the snow. It's fun to play games together after we come inside. We like each other. You can see your own breath. Sledding is fun! The stars are very bright in winter, and we love hot chocolate! Hot chocolate! Uh, well, there's good and bad things about winter, but one thing I'll tell you about winter is I decide what kind of winter you have. All you can do is prepare for it. It's Here's that. But I still decide. But global warming is a good idea because who causes global warming? You cause global warming. And you know what? You can't, other than that, you can't determine what kind of weather we have. All you can control is how you treat each other and how you treat the world. I decide, but you decide. I decide about weather, but you decide about how you treat each other. You decide about the problems of society. I don't. I just bring the weather. You're the ones who need to work on the things. So right now, I'm going to go work on making icicles. 
And you know where those icicles are going to be? Right over your front door. <laughs> but the other stuff, the other stuff, that's up to you. Snowball fall! Better watch out for the snowballs up here. Welcome to First Unitarian Church. Will you join me in reading the draft mission statement of our church published in the inside cover of your order of service? First Unitarian Church of Baltimore, transforming spirits, celebrating diversity, subordinating each other, Building a Better Baltimore. Good morning. My name is Nancy West, and I serve this congregation on the Board of Trustees. I'm pleased to welcome our guests this morning. In order to know who is in church each week, we invite members and guests to sign in on the guest register that's the small clipboard in the pew. Please sign it, then pass it pass the clipboard forward. If you print legibly, the people in your row will know your name and remember it. We hope that everyone will feel welcome to participate in the life of our church. Please see the many community activities listed in your order of service. Specifically, I would like to call your attention to the following items. On the first and third Sundays of the month, we offer a tour of our historic building, our historic sanctuary. Please join a a docent immediately after the postlude in front of the pulpit to learn more about our congregation and its buildings. Today, during fellowship hour, we will be selling cookies to support the Baltimore Refugee Youth Project, a project of Baltimore City Community College. We've already sold nearly a hundred pounds of cookies made and donated by our members, and we want you to take the rest home with you today. So be sure to visit the cookie walk tables. After fellowship hour, there will be an opportunity to reflect on this morning's service and its themes. Please join the festers in the first floor classrooms. These are the festers, in case you didn't understand that word. (laughs) Of course, we'll see you next week in church. Our fellowship hour is a time to enjoy a cup of coffee or tea and today to celebrate our December birthdays. Come sing happy birthday with us and enjoy a piece of birthday cake. You may also learn more about our church activities. Please stop by the welcome table during fellowship hour for information about Unitarian Universalism and about First Unitarian Church. To get to the fellowship hall, which is right behind us, but you have to go out the front door, turn left on Charles Street, and go up the stairs on your left for fellowship hour. 
We invite you to join us there today. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. I wanted to just share a couple of things with you. Um, number one, Laura, that opening poem, you wrote that huh, 12 years ago. Have you ever read it before? This, okay, it's always been read by someone else. We're so happy uh, to hear it read by the poet today. Isn't it great to have Diana Davies back from Nicaragua? She's uh, in one piece. Um, I got a phone call from Hannah Robertsville Nave, who successfully uh, received preliminary fellowship yesterday from the Unitarian Universalist Association Ministerial Fellowship Committee. There's a big hoop for Hannah to jump through. I think the next thing that has to happen is for her ordination, but uh, she hasn't told us where she wants to do that yet, so we'll be, we'll be patient. Um, I wanted to just remind you that our congregation is in the, a time of discernment about our mission. We read our draft mission statement with one another today, and each week uh, in your order of service there's a little form for you to give some uh, feedback to the mission and vision working group. Um, many times during the past 200 years, First Unitarian has considered our purpose in the world. We want to start the next 200 years with a fresh look. A work group has reviewed our current mission statement and considered what goes into a vision and mission statement and a summary mission statement, has taken a look at our churchwide survey and our many comments from congregants and hosted a number of listening sessions already met numerous times to distill these inputs into a draft vision and mission statement and a short memorable form, which we read this morning, and has presented that draft to the Board of Trustees and to the congregation in various venues. You'll see it in happenings right now. You'll see it in, on our Facebook page. And uh, if you were to uh, uh, speak to a member of the working group, you could get a fuller copy. We actually have some around. Before the congregation votes in January on an updated mission statement, we need your input once again just to reflect with us. There'll be a, a question each week in the order of service, as I said, and we'll have two listening sessions, the first of which is after church next Sunday uh, at 1245. Um, and uh, we would love to have a chance to reflect with you um, about the mission statement that um, has been proposed and that we hope we will soon be adopting. End of commercial. In Winterfest, we touch nature at the change of seasons. Even for us in the city, it's frozen and dark. It is not a time of external growth in nature. We comfort ourselves by gathering around the warming hearth. We can think of winters as time to pull in, to plan, to clean our tools and sharpen them, as a time to look up at the brilliant stars in the sky. In our offering, we support the warming of our hearth, our chance to plan, to recondition our tools, 
so that we can go forth and build a better church and a better Baltimore. Our Change for Change partner, which receives a portion of the funds from our loose plate, is Dayspring Gardens. Please be a cheerful giver.
Winter, <clears throat> winter is a time when we have a chance to pause and to pull back and to sharpen our tools, the ones that we're going to be able to use when there's harvest and planting. And I find it deeply rewarding to be able to do something that's different from what I do the rest of the time. To listen to people talking from a different culture, it opens windows in, in what I know and it makes it so that new light comes in with new impact. So let's relate that to Winterfest. As many of us know, there are seven principles of UUs that are ethical statements that the congregations and fellowships um, affirm when they join the UUA. In, in 2015, there was a convening of black UUs, and one of the things that they decided, I wasn't there, but this seems to be what happened, to, was to get an idea of what black UU life was by doing a riff on the seven principles and have produced the seven principles of black lives. In Winterfest this time, we decided to depart from our usual form and to do something different. So we concentrated on principle number three, which is the one on spiritual growth. There are summaries of these principles that have been in your order of service, and David is going to speak on them in the coming months. Every one of us comes here for spiritual growth. By definition, growth occurs in the realm of the unfamiliar and sometimes the uncomfortable. So we hope that what we bring you today will engage all of our Winterfest service, our spirits, our intellect in new ways and new ways of sharing and new ways of seeking. Both in the wider world 
and just as importantly, in our UU congregation. We call on our UU congregation and the UUA to support our work towards wholeness as black people. We must be honest with one another. By embracing direct, loving communication. I was a part of the group of UU Blacks along with Melissa Feliciano to meet with this group early in the last year before the principles came into being. You may have noticed that the unpacking of the principle by Moses and Doris this morning speaks to how UUs of color can only grow spiritually within the UUA and UU congregations if we engage in open, honest, authentic, loving communications. These principles are meant to be inclusive. And we are striving this morning in this event to make them inclusive as various members of our congregation will be speaking on spiritual growth and how it takes place in their lives. How it takes place in our individual lives will affect directly how it takes place with us as members of this congregation as we support each other in a free search for truth. You will notice that I don't look like Mason, because I'm not. So apparently there has been an accident, but everybody's okay, and so Mason's wheels are inhibited, so he's not here. The poem that he wrote, however, is, every story, every version you hear has a soul. The soul of the person who experienced it, and the soul of those who listened to it, and lived it, and dreamed it. Every time a story changes hands, every time somebody replays it through their head, its spirit grows and strengthens. By Mason Alston. Good morning. Out of conflict comes spiritual growth. And I don't believe that it's a coincidence that I'm here, that you're here, but that this topic is the topic for today. About five years ago, I had 
it's still feeling bad. I had an experience that led me to write a poem. And I want to share the poem with you. Um, I had an experience that was so moving that I found myself four o'clock in the morning having a talk with God asking what was all this about and what did it mean. And afterward, I'll share you what my answer was because I believe praying is talking to God and meditation is listening for the answer. Can you hear me now? How about now? So I was saying that I believe that prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening for the answer. And so this poem is called Latifa. Her name was Latifa, and she danced in front of car windows at night. Danced until all her fears dried up. Danced until the dark voices went away. Danced until the sun came up. Her name was Latifa. In the car windows, the pain of her mama's disappointment for the son she never had and the daughter she didn't want dissipated in distorted images, blurred by eye paint and blush, twisted smiles and emulated emotions designed to bury a million hurts the kind a 12-year-old was never supposed to know. Her name was Latifa. Somehow the system, reality, her mama, society, and somehow even God had let her down. Her cries for help echoing in emptiness. Her pleas for mercy unanswered, drowned out beneath the heavy breathing and brutal penetrations of a man she trusted. Mama, deafened by her blinding rage against God for the son that was stolen away, so deafened she couldn't hear Latifa tell her, no, Mama, I didn't ask for it. Mama lied for her man with a heart too afraid to believe what she knew was true, too afraid to cry for her daughter not wanted or to mend Latifa's broken heart. For Latifa, even God didn't want this not-quite person, born on the knife edge between love and hate. Somewhere between something, but not quite anything. Latifa heard the words from the pulpit in the house of the Lord. She had heard the preacher speak words like filthy and unclean, evil and abomination. So she knew there was no place for her at God's table. Her name was Latifa, and she danced in front of black-tended car windows while thick, sweaty, blubberous men looked on, each awaiting his turn to empty himself into her much-too-young body. On the stroll, the girls call these men trade. It's how they separate the money from the pain. Somehow, it's never enough. Never enough to heal the pain. Never enough to escape the hell. Never enough to bring mama back. Never enough to give Latifa the courage to tell mama 
That man hurt me just like your other man did. Please make them stop hurting me. Mama, please just love me. But mama, like daughter, is a wounded little girl, hoping to find magic in a child of her own, not knowing that the cure lies in learning to love her little Latifah. Pastel finger paints bring joy to young hearts as dreams flow from tiny fingers onto the canvas of the universe, filling the sky with butterflies and dandelions and sunshines with big smiles. Soft, billowy clouds that carry dreams and wishes on wings of wonder and gleaming bright young eyes. But for Latifah, innocence was stolen away. Pastels replaced by crimson painted fingers and blackened smoky eyes. The colors of a scorned woman's passion. A portrait of a heart that has grown too dark too soon. Dancing in the night to find a God somewhere beyond the squalor and pain. She is dancing. <sighs> to the music, beyond the music in anyone's ears. Dancing in the hallway between joy and pain. And the only place that life and death cannot find her. Freedom is not free, and sometimes death seems a lesser price than the ransom of a little girl's heart. In the mirror of a distorted car window, she is dancing, and her name is Latifa. The way the story ends is she's not dancing anymore. She's in school now, and she's doing okay. So the answer I got from God is sometimes the only thing I need to do is be there and hear another person's story. Thank you. Alone by Maya Angelou. Thank you. Lying, thinking last night, how to send, how to find my soul a home where water is not thirsty and bread loaf is not stone. I came up with one thing, and I don't believe I'm wrong that nobody, but nobody, can make it out here alone. Alone, all alone. Nobody, but nobody, can make it out here alone. There are some millionaires with money they can't use. Their wives run around like banshees. Their children sing the blues. They've got expensive doctors to cure their hearts of stone, but nobody, no nobody, can make it out here alone. Alone, all alone, nobody but nobody can make it out here alone. Now, if you listen closely, I'll tell you what I know. 
Some clouds are going, some storm clouds are gathering. The wind is going to blow. The race of man is suffering. And I can hear the moan because nobody, but nobody can make it out here alone. All alone, all alone, nobody, but nobody can make it out here alone. Nobody, but nobody can make it out here alone, all alone. I served my neighborhood as its neighborhood chaplain, and it's through this service to my neighborhood that I am spiritually fed as I attempt to feed those who need to be spiritually fed. My primary task as neighborhood chaplain is to provide spiritual food that feeds the spirit and soul of those in my neighborhood who are suffering and who are experiencing loss in their lives. Be it the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, the loss of the presence of a loved one who is incarcerated, or be it just illness within the family, be it someone in the hospital, my job is to be there for them and to serve them in that hour. I provide hope for those who are going through the storms of life. And it's just about like providing a need that, for strength that they cannot muster on their own. So I'm there as a catalyst to help them really and truly lean on their faith. Most of them, like I, have heard their mothers, their grandmothers, their fathers and grandfathers sing songs. And therefore, I am personally spiritually fed by the songs of my childhood and my youth. And they often come to me when I need to hear them most. In my neighborhood, spirituality comes in the form of desiring and attempting to live a transcending life. A transcending life is one that sustains you in the midst of all of the trials of this life, but allows you to act with love and hope no matter how bleak. And it was best summed up by First Lady Michelle Obama when speaking about her husband, President Barack Obama, when she said that when they go low, he goes high. That is the form of spirituality in my reality and in my neighborhood. We seek to go high when everything else goes low. That in my neighborhood is a cultural phenomenon that gives me a oneness with my neighborhood. 
I am spiritually fed by the songs of my childhood. So are those in my neighborhood. And we can communicate with each other in times of stress, in times of grief, and even in times when we are panicked and we are feeling that we are all going to sink and never rise again. We can speak with these songs to each other. Songs like the Roberta Martin Singer's theme song, Only a Look. The words say, only a look at Jesus. Just why not then turn away from your cares and strife? Only a look. Or it may be Inez Andrews, everything works out all right in God's own time. These are the songs that will carry us through the darkest of nights and give us hope that shines so bright it's enough light for a thousand midnights. Or it may be the Lord will make a way. Yes, he will. It is in the songs and in the music that I find spiritual growth and comfort. And believe it or not, most of the people in my neighborhood find their spiritual growth and comfort there. And as we share those songs and we talk about what they mean to us and how they sustain us in this life, we're able to comfort and to be there for each other. A lot of the people in my neighborhood, as I have found that all of the preaching and all of the doctrine just will not do. And some of it we can't even think about believing. But our life's experience tells us that when I'm on stormy seas, he speaks to me. And songs like Jesus, Savior, pilot me over life's boisterous seas for both chart and compass to lead my way come from thee. We all beat from the same heart. And we all forget. Always distracted by work, food, getting from here to there. We are deaf to the one singular soul-filled rhythm. We are blind to the red blood roaring from vein to vein to vein to arterial flood over our streets, 
over our heads, over our consciences. Staunch the wounds. Listen to the heartbeat of the world, the one heart beating, beating for all of us. Beating for all of us. And so we struggle in our complex, often difficult world. We struggle with our individual burdens, and we struggle with our collective burdens. We are affected by this struggle. We can either grow or we can wither. Call this growth process what you want. This morning, we are calling it spiritual. We need the spiritual strength to push forward in the struggle. And we can gain spiritual strength in this struggle. Sometimes we gain strength as we struggle to eliminate bad things, as we struggle to eliminate poverty, racism, homophobia, sexism, oppression of all sorts. These evils are constantly before us. But we also grow when we struggle toward good things, toward the ideal of a society that we can create, but we cannot yet fully glimpse. We can only begin to imagine that society, but we realize it as we move toward it. And we all know that struggle is hard. Yes. And I'm afraid I won't have the resources to struggle for ideals, to strive for racial and other injustices. I want to fight for justice, but I'm also tempted to just learn and develop and live in my blue bubble and be nice to the people of all different races and genders and differences that I encounter. And that's not enough. And I know that. I'm also afraid that the bastions of injustice, of custom, of emotion, of government may be so fortified that I can throw myself against them and get hurt and, and not help anybody, and that doesn't do any good. So Adam Pope, who used to be a youth with this church, said to friends of his, it's okay to be afraid, but you don't want to let your fear keep you from doing anything. Can I do that? For resources for use of my life juices, I need what winter forces on us, gathering around the hearth. I need the warmth. I need you. I need us. Us here together. I remember the coldness of winter. I meditate on the coldness of the tragic events, and I assert the moving force of human history's struggle 
The struggle for black liberation cannot be divided from the struggle for women's liberation, Chicano freedom, LGBT pride, all sorts of resistance to injustice. Ours is a struggle without exploitation, informs my spirituality. We are not going to stop. Winter is a contradictory time of year. Even though it is cold and dark, we yearn for the warmth and light. We hang lights and burn candles and drink warm beverages as we build bonfires and hearth fires. The warmth we search for isn't that far away. If we dig down far enough, the earth will reveal its heat. When we get dismayed at the situation of the world, we must do as the rabbi said and let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Can we look into our souls and find the warmth of a love that can defrost the hatred of the world? Or will we discover a hard core of frozen cynicism and hatred? Or can we discover boundless reservoirs of love and goodness? We have to look inside ourselves and the earth. We see what we can be and we act to bring warmth for all. Thank you, Alan. Spiritual growth has to be towards something. It must have an aim. The task before us today is to choose how we are going to work together to create a better place and a better time. We have learned lately how quickly life and society can throw barriers to justice at us. As has been said, struggle from and struggle to are not the same. This morning we've heard desperation loss, cries against injustice, fears, and sources of strength and warmth. When we gather to work together, we can achieve our deeply felt ideals. We do not know and cannot fathom the height our work together as one can and might reach. The wondrous things that we can accomplish working together for justice for all have yet to be revealed. During the time of the worldwide struggle against fascist apartheid in South Africa, musicians around the world began sharing the slogans of struggle of the peoples of South Africa. We learned Hossa and Zulu words like Amanla, power, and Owetu, the people, and 
God bless Africa. We sing a song of struggle this morning with one verse in Zulu and then another English version that is not a direct translation but a setting that I think will resonate in with our sense of struggle, with the spirituality of embracing the wholeness of our lives in what I understand to be imperial America. I'd like to share the song with you the way I learned it, which is line by line by rote. Uh, if you wanted to um, follow along in the great hymnal number 172, you can. But I'd encourage you actually to put that aside. I'm going to give you one line. I'm going to ask you to sing it back. And the trick is, some of these lines start just before the beat. And some of these lines start just after the beat. And we're just going to do it together. It's going to be a living thing. Is that okay? And do that one more time. That was great. You're wonderful. Now we're going to put them in longer phrases. So let me sing a little and you'll sing back to me. I'm even going to point at who's singing. You're wonderful. You want to stand a little? You want to get a little motion going on in your body? We've got to be together for this. Is that all right? And you've got to not look so confused. We're just in struggle. Steve, I'm Let us build the power to bring down prisons. Let us build the power to lift the people. People share your courage not to be bitter. We can build the power to make us fearless. We can find the power because we Big breath. <laughs> <laughs> 
Then they began to move. They made a little semicircle that declared that this space was a blue space, spelled B-L-U-U, Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism. And there was our intention in, on this chancel for white folk to take a step back and allow black folk to step forward and then for all of us to step forward together. That's what we tried to do. And these lanterns began to move and you see now that they're around the space and they encircle this room. It's our intention that this place should be a blue space, a space where all of us can learn to step forward and to step back, where whiteness can be decentered, and where humanness and the mystery of us finding a way to be together can actually be at the center of our time. So we're going to extinguish the chalice and I'm going to ask you to say the words after me that I say to you. Well, I must have them written down somewhere else. Julie Bell, you're going to need this for with me. Can we say this as if we were in Nashville? We extinguish this flame. We extinguish this flame. But not the light of truth. But not the light of truth. Or the warmth of community. Or the fire of commitment. These will remain in our hearts. Until we're together again. Sing, can we sing? Si fa ma la cosi. Woke on me sabi. Si fa ma la cosi. Si fa ma la cosi. Si fa ma la cosi. Walk 